0: the inner glow getter podcast, the podcast for you, the woman who is pushing the boundaries, expanding your consciousness and doesn't take no for an answer. This podcast will help you reduce the overwhelm, tune back into you, take back control of your health, embrace your most authentic self and show up as your most confident, aligned and powerful you. We do the inner work together through the safe space for you to come learn, grow, and gain knowledge in areas of your life such as body confidence, hormones, feminine flow, money, well-being, spirituality, fitness, and mindset, and so much more. Let's get started. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Kayla. Lovely to be oh. here today. We were just saying that we feel like we've already done this recording before because <laughs> yeah. we have so many juicy chats. So the only difference now is we're just on Zoom and we're hitting record and getting started. So um, oh, I'm so excited to have you on the podcast and um, yeah, for the listeners to be able to hear some of your wisdom. Um, And the place I'd love to begin um, with my guests is, uh, where are you in the world? Would you be able to set the scene of where you are?
1: (laughs) Yeah, so I am in Oxford in the UK. Um, So I'm in quite a green space, but also, yeah, vibrant, vibrant place. So yeah, super grateful to be here. Been here for, gosh, time has whizzed by because I remember when I first moved um well coming up to six months now at least (gasps) five and so I live with my my partner um so yeah
0: yes (laughs) wonderful um fabulous and Let's let's dig into the juicy stuff right away. I know um, (laughs) we were chatting this morning because we did magnetic movement together Mm. that um, and and you asked me, oh, I wonder what you're going to ask me. And I said, this is what I want to dig into right (laughs) away, (laughs) which is um, in terms of entrepreneurship. um, We were talking about this morning, actually, uh, the as you come into entrepreneurship, the kind of spiritual development, personal development, all of the, that stuff that we, mm-hmm. we go through as we begin entrepreneurship. I guess let's start with what kind of first brought you into entrepreneurship and like, I guess, was it like a slow and gradual thing and what kind of gave you the idea that you wanted to go into it?
1: Wow. and um, so it was, a. Uh it was a journey for me and I feel like I had inklings that I wanted to do something a bit different for a bit of time Um, but because I was already uh, on another path for quite some time it took a while for me to really sort of listen to those little inklings that actually I wanted to start something of my own and uh, it's funny actually because uh, my partner, Ab, actually first uh, introduced me to coaching. <laughs> Ab went on a coaching course and was like, I think he would really like this because I was like really into uh, well-being, nutrition, um, health. And yeah, during that time, I was navigating some of my own uh, yeah challenges uh, on the path to becoming a barrister at that time. And... Yeah, I went along, really loved it. I felt super inspired and really felt that niggle that I wanted to explore it deeper. But it took me a bit of time to really trust that that was something I really wanted to do. And I I wanted to uh, diverge away from uh, something I'd been working towards for a number of years because I was working towards being a barrister for about well best part of 10 years really uh so yeah yeah
0: yeah I, re- I recall similar feelings like when I was still full-time in my corporate role still going into the office as well and you're kind of like listening to podcasts about entrepreneurship on the way to work on the way back and you're like yeah. <laughs> kind of like getting these hints of like another way that life can be and another, another way, um, another way to earn money, another way to have a different work life balance, all of that. You're hearing this. And then at the same time, kind of going, pulling away from what you thought was your destiny, I guess, for you, like, yeah. Becoming a barrister.
1: Yeah. Totally. Totally. And I totally was, uh, you know, in that same space of like listening to all of the podcasts, being super energized, I'd be doing it on the way to the office, on the commute, <laughs> um, and yeah, going along to lots of events. Um, I'm now that we're having this conversation, I really distinctly remember going on to, I think it was actually a delicious CLA event a few years ago. And it was all about female, you know, talking to female founders and just feeling like so inspired by, you know, what they created and the impact they were having in various different ways. Um, and, And, yeah, that's where it started, essentially. Um, But as you say, when you've been on a path for so long, it can feel exciting to be listening and um, to think about doing something else. But at the same time, uh, I know for me, there was so much fear that came up and so much questioning because at that time I'd attached a lot of my identity towards... Mm. Uh, pursuing uh, a, a career as a barrister uh, I was very invested in it invested a lot of time a lot of energy a lot of money <laughs> um yeah <laughs> and yeah it was it was scary um to you know start to make that that change um so yeah Mm. could you speak to a bit of like I guess how you released parts
0: of that old identity and then went into a new identity was it like overnight was it gradual um Mm. what are the summer kind of like nitty-gritty uncomfortable parts of releasing that
1: identity yeah it was definitely a process and I think it was something that gradually happened over time when um I had inklings that Uh, the realities of pursuing a legal career um, weren't quite what I wanted in terms of lifestyle and so I started going along to events and you know reading books, listening to podcasts um, and just pursuing things that interested me outside of work because at one point you know (laughs) doing the legal thing was my my thing I was completely you know tunnel vision I I to give you a bit of insight I actually used to go and watch court cases in my summer holidays at school so it was like my it was really something which took over my whole world and so it was about really just listening to what I was drawn to and and not feeling like I had to just pursue success pursue the path In order to be on this treadmill and to sort of turn off um, any pressures I felt to be at a certain point in time or to always be on, always be thinking about how I could be moving forward with the plan that I had, but actually to start creating more space to listen to what I actually wanted. And yeah, like it was very. It was very uh, challenging um because you do come up against a lot of um internal things of oh you know who even am I if I'm not doing this thing um and I think having been very uh academic and driven um it was quite a yeah it brought up a lot of I guess existential questions for me and yeah it it was very confronting and it really I was faced a lot with my own ego really I guess Mm -hmm. um because you have to sometimes confront I know this was part of the journey for me the idea that okay well if I don't do this anymore you know what are other people going to think and I think there was a fear that I had of people would think I was I would fail I would I had failed. That was a fear yeah. that I had of what other people would think. Um, I grew up in a pretty conservative, a socially conservative part of the country where, um, yeah, there's a lot of pressure. You are <laughs> encouraged to pursue very traditional careers um, and to really uh place a lot of importance on things like owning a house uh you know reaching a certain stage in your career at a certain time um having yeah stability and obviously stability you know um that's not to say there's anything wrong with stability stability is obviously great and we need a certain level of emotional safety Mm. and stability can really support that but uh a traditional sense of uh yeah, stability coming from, uh, a corporate role. Um, so yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, wow. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Thank
0: you for sharing all of that. Yeah. I so associate with the, yeah, a bit of the ego and the, um, what will other people think? And I think that plays a differing role as you're making a pivot like that. A pivot of that nature. Mm. I something that just popped into my mind was um, when I remember I felt like this. So I had a bit of guilt around, like, why didn't I get it right the first time? (laughs) Like, (laughs) why did? And it's it's all part of like. And I don't think that to the same extent or at all anymore. But Mm. yeah, I remember going like seeing nutritionists who are also coaches who are already in the field and thriving and all that kind of thing. And then going, Mm. oh, I feel so behind because I've taken this like very, I've taken this windy path around to it. Um, But I also think there's kind of, and I discovered this more recently in a course that I did about um, purpose. And there was a reason I went into town planning. There was a reason and why I did it. And there was, there was a path I was meant to take and I brought beautiful things from that field and then from the next and then from the next with every pivot. Do you, yeah. do you feel
1: the same way with legal in a way? Yeah, I was curious totally. as you were speaking. <laughs> <laughs> totally, totally. And, um, yeah, in terms of, you know, my experience of legal, and um, you know, it wasn't all, wasn't all bad at all. Like. Uh, You know, I was very passionate about causes, um, you know, that I was part of and, um, you know, I still deeply care about some of the issues. But, um, yeah, my experience of the realities of the legal industry, um, corporate, public service um, and the effect that can have on yeah your sense of freedom autonomy mental health um and yeah it it, the realities of it didn't really um support me to really feel at my most fulfilled um all-round and didn't really suit my working style either um Mm. Especially being neurodiverse as well. Um, and I really craved to have more autonomy, to be able to have more creativity as well, and um, which was an interesting experience because um that was another big question that came up for me. Like, oh, but I'm not a creative person. That was a big thing that I sort of didn't really identify as being creative because I'd pursued such an academic. A traditional path for such a long time uh, but actually I think the creativity was there but it just wasn't what we in a traditional sense deem as what creative is um, you know it's, I'm not an artist <laughs> I'm not an artist a traditional artist um, but that had not been nurtured because I'd been very focused on right this is the path um it's really... all about efficiency
0: isn't it? Like I know yeah. that's how my company was is <laughs> and yeah it's totally. very efficiency driven. because totally. creative thinking takes time. You can't exactly. like you can't put it on your 7 minute timesheet. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> totally, you know, it's like um efficiency and speed um and formalities, right? <laughs> Mm. um and I craved something more for so many reasons um, I and I really what I took from it was that I really wanted to make an impact and I really loved serving clients so there are a few mm. roles that I had where I had so many you know really fulfilling one-to-one career, um, interactions with clients and I adored that Absolutely adored the aspect of it, uh, but I didn't adore the structures and the paperwork and um, the the politics, the office politics of it all, and the lack of flexibility, and mm. yeah, many things that can come uh, with being in corporate or being in public service. Um, and so I really wanted to seek a way forward where I could help other people and make an impact um through a focus on one-to-one interactions. Um, mm-hmm. And that's the main thing I'd taken away. And also what I experienced in the legal industry, um, my mental health journey uh, that I went through was a big part of now what I help other people with, whether that's because uh they're at that same point or they're navigating um yeah their own challenges or they want to really deepen um their sense of um inner peace and self-love and they really want to you know feel free to be all of who they are in their life or the business so their work life.
0: Mm, That's beautiful yes I resonate with all of that. But yeah, especially at the end, like embracing more of who you are and feeling free to be able to do that. And I, yeah, I can really identify with the corporate fields, like feeling a bit caged in and not only because I think it's set up that way to an extent, but also because of my perception of what it's meant to be, to be in the corporate mm. fields as well. Um, yeah. Because it does, yeah, there is, you know, you can be self-expressive within the corporate field, but. I think there's also limits to that as well. Totally, (laughs) totally. It's like
1: um, what's coming up for me as you say that is in order to succeed, you're trained or you might pick up from environments that you have to be assertive in a certain way and express yourself in a specific way in order to make sure that um, you Mm. are keeping... High up, happy that you're not uh, going outside of your remit of what you're being told to do or what you're being told to question on that you're following orders um and also, yeah, just like formalities in the way that you you speak as well um mm. and the way that you be and that can really, yeah, I feel like limit you in what you can. You know, feel in your everyday experience. And yeah, I just, I realized that I wanted more than that existence. And um, yeah. Mm, yes. Oh my God, when you said there about
0: asserting yourself and how that is different in the, in, yeah. And I think my experience of that is even in different industries. Like mm. within my role, I was across um, housing industries, aviation industry, rail industry, and even it differed within the industries. Mm. Like, um, like rail is still very much, um, yeah, male dominated, and mm. it's com- it's almost like, yeah, there's <laughs> like without going into it too much, but there was definitely a different way that you assert yourself and like um, mm. to feel like you're you know fitting in and to be able to be heard and it's kind of a means to an end sometimes. Yeah. You mentioned um neuro neurodiversity before. Mm-hmm. I would love if you could dig into that a bit more as well. You mentioned it in the context of that also didn't feel supported in the corporate mm-hmm. industry and how have you been able to lean into that more in terms of entrepreneurship?
1: Yeah. 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 So this is such a a big topic and neurodiversity is such a spectrum. Um, My specific experience uh, was that uh, the specific like ways of working and structures meant that I couldn't make the most out of my own abilities. And my experience of the, yeah, corporate world and also I think a, a lot of other people's experience from having spoken to colleagues is that you know certain ways in which the office works like open plan offices uh, where there's lots of noise there's people on and off the phone if you you know are neurodiverse um, so whether you're dyslexic dyspraxic, or I mean so many idiot have ADHD or whatever and uh, that can be really challenging to actually focus and to get everything done um and to do so in a way in which like you're not having to overcompensate <laughs> because of that um in order to actually achieve and do your best work and feel really calm <laughs> and good in yourself and uh specifically um yeah in the legal industry there's a big emphasis particularly in the corporate part of it um time recording um and this is kind of linked to what we were talking about earlier about how a lot of the corporate world places so much emphasis on speed and really this is quite a i would argue outdated and a way of thinking about things um because obviously, you know, there's efficiency, but I think if we just take speed alone, um, you know, having to record your time every seven minutes and then having the experience of someone asking you, oh, why is that taking you so long? Um, and after a while of experiencing this, so there was one particular role I was in um, where I was sort of trying out more of a kind of solicitor's role as opposed to being a barrister, um, where after a period of time of uh, coming up against those kind of structures where I had to work in an open plan office, uh, I was being questioned a lot on how long things were taking me. After a period of time that began to sort of really have a big impact on my mental health. And I was really finding myself overcompensating. Um, of so staying later, feeling tired and um yeah I was navigating my own mental health things anyway and it didn't feel like a healthy environment to be in um whether or not you know it would have been different had I been at optimum you know hard to say there were so many factors involved but I felt a bit like a commodity at times if I'm honest and I think that's the experience of a lot of people, whether you're neurodiverse or uh, or not, right? <laughs> Absolutely, um, you feel like a robot sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. totally, totally. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. And yeah, like really leaning into um, entrepreneurship has been really uh, liberating in really like allowing myself to work in ways which are. Um, Yeah, helpful for me (laughs) and going at my own pace and rhythm and not placing Mm. emphasis on my speed, uh, having ownership uh, over my own time. That has been, yeah, very, very healing for me. Uh, Because I was actually only diagnosed with uh, dyslexia. And dyspraxia at university so I'd spent years kind of overcompensating um, without realizing that I was neurodiverse so I was kind of at this I was kind of in this place where um, I was performing and succeeding to an extent but then certain factors changed in the environment which made it h- more challenging to do so because when you're studying mm. you can just do it in your own room it's quiet <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah like entrepreneurship has been you know a real opportunity for me to harness my unique strengths um and to really like know of the importance of um yeah time um, obviously you know to an extent um but leaning into it has looked like Recognising something wasn't right for me and leaving that particular role, um, which, again, took some time. And I had to come up against my own questions of, am I giving up or am I choosing something else? And I realised that, no, I'm choosing myself. I'm choosing myself because I'm worth, you know, feeling so good in the work that I do, feeling valued. And being recognized for the unique strengths that I have, um, as opposed to whether I can fit into some box and whether I can tick all of these boxes that say that I'm bringing in this much money per hour, right? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah, that hit really hard
0: when you said I'm choosing myself. Yeah. It's I think so many of us go through that with this with this kind of pivot and the kind of questioning like, why can't I just deal with this like everybody else is?
1: <laughs> yeah. Totally. Totally. Mm. That was mm. definitely my experience. Um, yeah. yeah. Why can't I grit and bear it more? Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> it gets to oh, it.
0: I think there's like an, an energetic force field where you're yeah. like, I know too much.
1: I love myself too much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Totally. I feel like you I I think for me I hit a point of no return where, and you know, it it wasn't, it wasn't rainbow and sunshines. It really wasn't pretty at the time, you know. I really <laughs> went for a bit of a dark night of the soul quite frankly and you know it felt I just could I couldn't see myself wanting to do my boss's roles um and it was really having an impact on my mental health and I just thought you know why would I want to live like this you know (laughs)
0: Mm. (laughs) there is more to
1: life and I already had so many interests (laughs) that I wanted to pursue and I already had wanted to pursue another path and was you know having that as an option in my mind but over a year Uh, so I decided right now is the time to leave I've tried several situations and I've already had doubts about this so let's go for what excites me right now um and yeah taking that step forward um you know was yeah a big moment for sure um -hmm. but yeah yeah that was one of the um
0: thoughts I had in my mind as well when I said like I don't actually want to be in my boss's role. Like going through the, um, like pay review process and, um, and reviewing my performance over the year and then preparing for a conversation with my boss. And it hit me as I was typing it up, I was like, oh my God, I don't actually want what I'm going for right now. Like, yeah. <laughs> like obviously the money would be nice, but I don't want the roles. So <laughs> <laughs> mm, yeah. Yeah 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 (laughs) fabulous well we've spoken about corporate we've spoken about pivoting we've talked about leaving I love that we've covered it it with so much depth and and transparency and honesty and yeah love it uh let's dive into I think something I love about your entrepreneurship journey because we've been friends for a few years now and um something that I love about you is that you invest in yourself quite a lot and mm-hmm. you um and you like pursue these interesting paths like often I'm like what is she doing next what is she going <laughs> to dive into next I'd love if you could speak to just that journey of like yeah how your path um even since deciding to go into entrepreneurship and what that has looked like and what kind of mm. um yeah yeah Signs have you had, and things that have
1: you listened to in terms of pivoting and moving down that path? Yeah, yeah. I mean, what a what a question. And I'm kind of, I'm always just, you know, I'm always just following. Really, I guess what what I'm excited about. And I think for me, as someone that's a multi passionate person, I know we've spoken so much about niching, and that's a bit of a yes. bit different topic, but. <laughs> Uh, as a multi-passionate person I I know we can so really... easily pigeonhole <laughs>
0: <laughs> ourselves Yeah, yes. <laughs> pigeonhole ourselves
1: so easy Only. we, and we don't like, have no, any difficulties don't with want that. Be in a box <laughs> <laughs> no I yeah for me it's really been about like just following what excites me um and I say that and it sounds so easy but what actually comes with that is also like, Oh, okay. Uh, okay. So this is changing again. And then you go through a period of like, okay, so what's going on now? Who am I now? And existential questions will come up. Um, and you'll start. Yeah. Questioning things. Um, but it's about taking the step and doing it anyway. So, I mean, the famous quote is feeling the fear and doing it anyway. And I guess it's a modification of that, um, of, yeah. If you're interested in something, why the hell not pursue it? Right. It doesn't mean that you necessarily like have to do it straight away. I I haven't always done things straight away as soon as I was interested, but I've dipped my toe in whether that's, I've started to listen to podcasts about that topic, or I started to follow someone on Instagram that talks about that. And then I've been like, Oh, actually I want to, uh, I want to do a course on this thing, or I want to listen to uh, this, uh, documentary on it or whatever, uh, whatever part of my work life that's been in, whether that's even been legal, like my direction in legal completely changed from being interested in criminal law to being interested in constitutional to human rights and, uh, politics and, and all of that. And it's been really the same with entrepreneurship, that I've pivoted so many times yeah. <laughs> and it's kind of just been about, allowing myself to do that and knowing that it doesn't mean that I'm not like dedicated to what I was doing but quite often there are links between things and the way that my mind works is I love understanding the links between things and understanding like, at a deep level um, various different topics and how they um, intertwine and yeah, you know, this has been very much been the case with uh, my own uh, private practice as well. So I started off, and at the beginning, it was like uh, really what we talked about. A lot of it was around my experience of the legal industry, uh, mental health, um, coaching, and then yeah, it's really over time. I mean, I've, I've pivoted so many times that I can't even name all the pivots. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. like some us, I'm like okay I mean, is this a pivot or is this like <laughs> today I'm interested in reading this book um but yeah you know uh breath work hypnotherapy sex love, and relationships um yeah I, I I I'm someone that is interested in a lot of things I'm very curious and so I mean what I say is if you're interested why the hell not pursue it because who how do you know that that's not going to be the thing that's really either going to deepen uh your own understanding and help you to support people on a deeper level if you're in business or if you're pivoting from the, the career like how do you not know that that's not going to be a thing that completely like gives you so much fulfillment and drive and and nourishment um mm. and also just what's really helped me is having this um acknowledgement that you can be really passionate about something but that doesn't have to be your thing as well (laughs) you can be passionate about lots of things and some of those things can be your things some some of those things can be your big things and some of those things can be your outside interests so for example still you know really interested and care about human rights I don't do that as a career anymore (laughs) Mm -hmm. I help people from the inside now um Equally, you know, I have parts of my business, which I focus on more or I speak about more um, than other parts and that's okay. Um, and I think a big thing for me has been giving myself the permission to do that because, uh, not only in the coaching industry or doesn't that's not even just the coaching industry the business world you are encouraged to pick a niche and to hone down and I think that's all very well if you're like selling I don't know you're selling like pizza or you're selling uh some kind of food product that's very easy to package up but if you're if you're trying to We're support someone this. Yeah, <laughs> it's like how do you package up your own experience in a neat and tidy box so talk about self-expression, talk about how you want to be free to be all parts of you. <laughs> yes. yes. You know, so it's been about just being like, obviously, um, there are links between everything that I do pretty much uh, in terms of my uh, private practice. But also as, you know, part of the message is you know, feeling free to be and express all of who you are and being a multi passionate human being. <laughs> mm. It makes total sense that I would be talking about the things that I am passionate about. And one of the things I navigated specifically at one point was I'm really passionate about talking about sexuality, LGBTQIA plus issues, being a bisexual woman. And I spoke about that as a single handed thing for a period of time. But after a while, it felt restrictive because I don't want to over-identify with being a bisexual woman. That doesn't mean that I don't accept that part of me, but I don't want to just talk about that because I am so much more than just my sexuality. And where we can trip up sometimes in life is when we over-identify with one part of ourselves, whether that's our career <laughs> or you know our identity, whatever that is. And yeah, it just felt restrictive. So I just was like, I I will talk about this, but it won't be my whole thing.
0: (laughs) I love that. I love that. Yes. And, you know, we've spoken previously as well, when it comes to niching, like you can feel, some people feel really expansive when they niche down and specialize. And some people like you and me, we feel more expansive when we're owning a whole heap of different topics and following our interests and, Um, yeah, yeah, I've had the interesting experience recently of being, becoming more clear on like a niche that I want to own, but at the same time I've been going through the journey of, can I still talk about that? And I'm like, yes, I can. Can I still talk about that? Yes, I can. like, it's all, um, it's all, yeah, it's all part of my personal brand, but yes. Yeah, no, I love that. I love that. And Yeah, it sounds like also you've just been leaning into more and more like from that first big pivot from corporate and legal into coaching and then you've continually just pivoted and pivoted and become more and more comfortable with that experience of pivoting. And it's interesting, I think we also live in a society where um, becoming specialised in something is um, highly regarded Mm. And, um, yeah, I had the interesting experience recently. We were watching the rugby on Saturday night with one of Gio's friends and he was speaking to us and he was saying, uh, he's a business owner and he was saying, I I'm not like you guys. I haven't, um, I haven't specialized into like a, um, one particular career and like I hadn't shared with him like that I'm an entrepreneur and that kind of thing. So he kind of assumed that I was down the communications role and Gio down the health and safety role. And he was kind of making the comparison. He was like, if I was to move overseas, I'd have to start from the beginning. And it's so funny because mm-hmm. like Chio and I came away from that conversation going, no, as business owners, like we expanding our skills and abilities all the time yeah. and becoming that jack of all trades. And like, Hiring out things and owning things for ourselves and being
1: in our zone of genius, and Mm. yeah, yeah, (laughs) totally, totally, yeah, I love that. And like, I really, I really feel like sometimes by following the nuggets around your interests, you can actually end up deepening your understanding overall as well. Whereas, as you were like, alluding to uh we are taught that to continue following that exact point in the sky we're going to deepen our understanding but actually when we take a more holistic view
0: we Mm. can understand
1: so much more about uh I don't know like about a topic sometimes by understanding parts of of something right? Because there's so many links between them. And I really love integrating different modalities and, you know, bringing together concepts of many of them to help clients in a holistic way. Cause my experience of, of, um, facilitating and holding space for, for healing, for growth, for transformation is that, um, if someone's experiencing a challenge or they really want uh, feel better in a certain part of their life, then quite often, if we just take a sort of single-handed look at that area, of course, um, that, that person could end up feeling, you know, so much more, um, yeah, fulfilled, or they could feel so much better in themselves or so much more confident, for example, but the likelihood is, is that if they're experiencing a challenge in one area, they're experiencing it in many Mm. So, if you're working on someone's self-esteem, confidence, if you're working with uh, how they feel in themselves, <laughs> that's going to have an impact on their relationships. It's going to have an impact on the way they feel at work. Um, and so, yeah, I I really found uh, just really allowing myself to have a message um, was really really helpful over thinking about, okay, who's the person I want to help? But that was my experience. But for some people, it's super empowering and can give so much clarity. And at certain points, that has also been me. I think certain points in our journey, we might need that like super focus. Um, And other points, we might want a bit more fluidity. And it's about working out what feels the most supportive right now. And we're all going to have... Uh, different perspectives on how it is that we find clarity so yeah, that's my take on it
0: yes yeah I love that and you
1: you can help
0: because you've got so many modalities and such broad experience and we followed you followed different nuggets as you said I love that like you're able to help people who are at different stages experiencing different things like I know recently you've taken on fertility clients as well which is like a and a new a whole new world in a way. Like, totally.
1: Yeah. Totally. Yeah. yeah. And it's really interesting you, you brought you brought that up because, you know, I I was doing my hypnotherapy course at the time. And you know, talking about the language around, you know, uh fertility and uh women's experience or people who may conceive experience um and how yeah disempowering the languages like you know things like trying for a baby or you know there being so much pressure on yeah quite often women um whereas for example but not always um the person who is not conceiving um or carrying the child um may not yeah feel that same pressure or yeah i'm trying to be really careful about the language i'm using um i hear you cuz yeah. uh, i you know i'm i'm also i'm in a uh, same sex partnership myself um but i'm i'm super passionate about you know women feeling really empowered um in their own experience in life and so if they do want to have a child um you know, I think it's super important that um, that experience uh, feels really nourishing and that they feel like really uh, nurtured um, and able to do it in a way which is right for them. And I think a lot of, uh, yeah, the more traditional kind of clinical settings uh, can be really disempowering, can really take away a lot of women's choice over things. Um and we even I mean even the word labor, why do we call it labor? <laughs> do You know? It's oh, like me. labor trying. Um and yeah, like just in the stories that I've heard of, you know, women being told to like hurry up, you know, it's just mmm and because I, you know, love, you know, supporting women. Mm. I just thought, oh, this is an area that really interests me. Let's dive deeper. And I already have an interest in uh, the area of intimacy, relationships, um, sex, sexuality, sensuality. I was like, oh, this is a new interesting area that I want to dive into. Um, So I just went along and and did it. And, you know, I've been really enjoying having that as an aspect of the work that I do. Um, But equally, it's not everything. I do and uh yeah I'm seeing I'm seeing where where it all takes me essentially I love that
0: yeah and like from from experiencing you and experiencing your path and everything like you truly like seek out the most healing practices like the most powerful practices and like the depth of empowerment and I think that Like hypnotherapy with fertility clients is just another expression of like, like, and women having a really empowering experience, even before they even, uh, look, I want to say, try to conceive, you know, like before they, um, they go down that path, like how, how amazing is that? Like, and such such a deep level of empowerment there and so much opportunity there and yeah i think it's not only fertility but i experienced that in other areas of health you know coming from an experience of having a chronic um, hormone imbalance the um yeah it's it can be really disempowering in 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 having, and I don't blame doctors at all, because I don't think they're meant to be psychologists and doctors because they would be in university for decades and decades and decades. (laughs) (laughs) And and I don't, um, you know, like a little bedside manner is good, (laughs) but they don't, they don't have to be able to psychoanalyze me, but I think it is. Yeah. It's really important to feel really empowered in those experiences and have, and ask all the questions. like, um, Yeah. I don't know where I'm going with this, but I do, I do love this conversation just about yeah, women feeling more empowered in every other aspect and in every yeah. aspect of their lives and being able to ask those questions and inquire more deeply and and yeah, yeah. I think and there's such a like it's so hard to i know joe dispenser does this really well and i know our friend faye like talks about this in a really like detailed way but that kind of just where the mindset meets health where the mindset Mm. meets the physical like um Mm. yeah i don't think we we understand that
1: yeah we as society to to the to the extent that we could yeah Yeah. oh i love that Um, I'm more here for a holistic approach, mind, body, soul. Um, and that has been, yeah, very much my experience, um, my personal experience. And I've really, you know, enjoyed just working out what feels really nourishing and healing and supportive and expansive for me. And then, yeah, seeing what feels good, um, and then, you know, passing all of that down and sharing the power of those modalities, um, and really helping people from a really, uh, yeah, in a really holistic way. Um, but yeah, I, I'm all here for, uh, somatic healing, uh, as well as the, the mindset stuff, uh, mind body connection is, yeah. So so important. And I, I'm so glad to see that there's you know more and more research coming out around this. Um and it really, as I'm sitting here thinking about this, it really reminds me of how you know, more and more there's research into gut health. <laughs> and I yes. kind of see it in the same way, you know, in terms yeah. of how the gut affect mental health and vice versa, and same with the mind and the body. So yeah.
0: Yes, yeah, the vagus nerve um controls our digestion. And that, you know, that is the brain (laughs) meeting and the gut connection. There is a connection. It's a direct connection. So, um, yeah, I know from like studying nutrition and, and the first year of biomedicine, like every lecture I come out of, I'm just like amazed at how the body is just constantly looking after us and constantly... Mm. Um, finding a way to heal itself and it's just really just us providing an opportunity for it to do that and step back a little bit really yeah (laughs)
1: Yeah. totally totally yeah Mm. and sometimes you know um we can gain deeper understanding of our bodies over time as well um and yeah that is very much my experience, you know, and, you know, just sharing really openly with you that, you know, this year I've navigated sort of new challenges with my own, uh, health and healing journey. And, you know, I just really wanted to share that because healing and uh, self-awareness and all of that jazz is definitely not a linear thing. And, um, I say that, and at the same time, my view is we're always deepening the understanding and we're always going through deeper layers, but the feeling of healing <laughs> uh, it, it, it can feel messy um, and it can feel you know it it can feel up and down in terms of our emotions and our mental state and our overall mental health. Um, but we're always actually moving forward. That's my view um, and I've been really diving into um, really looking after, uh, yeah, myself. Um, and yeah, like it's kind of been a gradual process through really started with breath work last year. Um, and I'm really exploring some other options as well. Um, yeah. After having sort of gained deeper awareness, uh, of myself and having experienced new challenges um to my own well-being. So yeah. Mm,
0: I love the conversation we're having here. Yes, healing is not linear. It, it's messy, there's depth, but you're still yeah, still a whole person and still owning exactly where you are along the journey. Yeah. yeah. Fab, I think that's a really good note to move into um, where can the listeners find you and like what do you have
1: coming up that they could also um, find out more about? Yeah, Yeah. of course, of course. So you can find me mostly on Instagram. <laughs> so it's at And in terms of, yeah, how you can reach out to me, drop me a message, always love to hear from you. And yeah, in terms of how you can work with me um, at the moment, it's mostly one-to-one. Uh, I might be opening up some opportunities, for kind of more group spaces, uh, but the best thing to do is to join my online community on Instagram. Got a few breathwork sessions on there. Um, if you're looking to have access to a wider library of, of meditations that are that are free as well, sort of historic ones. I do also have a Facebook group uh, currently called Soulful Self Love, which you can join. Um, But, yeah, please do say say hi over Instagram. Um, And if you really want to, you know, dive into your own inner world um, and be be held space for or have have space held for you, um, then I do hypnotherapy, breathwork, coaching, Uh, whether that's around, you know, sexuality, love, relationships, um, or cultivating, you know, more inner peace and feeling more calm and grounded, um, then feel free to hit me up a message, drop me a message, and we can have a chat and see if that's something that would uh, be good for you. Amazing. Thank you, Isla. Thank you so much.
0: (laughs) Yeah, thank you so much for having me, and thanks so much, everyone, for being here today. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I'm so excited that you're here. I'm so excited that you continue to listen and we grow this inner glow getter community. The best place to follow along and make sure you never miss an episode is to be following me on Instagram at Kayla.Benson. I can't wait to connect with you all very, very, very soon in the next episode of the inner glow getter. Lots of love.